Hello, yes, this is Dan Housen here, and you are listening to Pro Wrestling for Life. Welcome to another edition of Pro Wrestling for Life, everyone. It's me, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, X-Pac. Joining me right now is my co-host, Nick Houseman. What's going on, Nick? I'm doing great, Sean. Uh, we have a huge fun episode. This is episode 10, by the way. This is like a, you know, it's one of those, I feel like I we, sh- we should have bought each other gifts or something like this, like a big anniversary type episode. We made a 10 episode, Sean. This is a milestone? Call it's that a milestone? milestone? I think we call them milestones. We got a milestone mm-hmm. episode here today, and man, we're going to blow it out. Uh, we have one of the most popular uh, pro wrestlers on the planet right now. Uh, you may have seen him uh, doing the Conan O'Brien show. You may have seen him in Ring of Honor. He's very nice. He's very evil. Dan Housen is going to be here today. We had over half an hour with him that we're going to bring for you here on the show later. And unlike a lot of other interviews that Dan Housen does, uh, this is one of the rare appearances where he does it without the makeup. And people are going to get to hear you talk to Donovan Dan Housen, the man behind that makeup, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fun conversation. Yeah, it's yeah, great. And then, yeah. You know, then after Dan Housen, uh, we are going to hear from Chris Van Vliet. He's going to jump on to talk with Sean about his time uh, with, as X-Pac uh, teaming with Kane over in WWE. And at the end of the show, we're going to come back. We have a very special guest, another big influencer from the world of pro wrestling who's going to be competing head-to-head in another game here against you, Sean, to close the show. So a lot to get to here. Very packed 10th episode of Pro Wrestling for Life. Yeah. Huge episode, everyone. Huge. Huge. <laughs> huge episode, everybody. And, hey, real quick, before we get to the news, uh, some housekeeping here. So it is the 10th episode. We want to give you guys more and more as the show progresses. So here's everything that we have new for you this week. I want you guys to know about. We're going to have, of course, a new watch along. That's up at the Patreon right now. If you're a kid-level patron, you're going to get to see something special. Uh, Dan Housen stuck around. Uh, he watched back a match he had with Mike Bennett from about last month over at New South Wrestling with Sean and I. So if you want to go watch Donovan Danhausen talk about the wrestler Danhausen in real time go check out the patreon it's great um also over at the patreon if you subscribe to kid level we're launching a discord this week give you guys a chance for you to communicate with sean and i seven days a week let your thoughts be heard uh we've got a newsletter going out now that you can sign up uh, for as well uh pro wrestling for life we're on instagram now at pro rest for life one we're gonna have it without the one here pretty soon but uh that's what it is for right now and uh, we're going to have new shirts over in the Pro Wrestling Tea Store this week. So uh, just a ton, a ton of growth that's going to happen here in the next seven days, Sean. ton of growth. It sounds <laughs> good, Nick. <laughs> All right. Well, let's you get to it. You just spit out a lot of, spit out a lot of information there. I know I did. I did. That's why I'm here, though. All right. None of this. No more. <laughs> let's get to it. News you can use. News will leave a bruise. Um, AEW Double or Nothing was this past weekend. I was down there in Jacksonville in person covering it for Wrestling Inc. I got to participate in the post-show scrums as well. Sean, uh, you were watching this thing uh, from home, so let's talk about it, man. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you think about uh, AEW's latest pay-per-view? I enjoy. I I enjoyed the hell out of it, the stuff that I saw. Yeah. So, like, and and I say that because I didn't see everything, Nick. Sure. Um, you know, I ordered. I I was kind of late. You know, I was like a last-minute like order or subscriber to for the pay-per-view and. I had a really hard time like ordering it. Yeah, you, know? you were telling me yeah. that. 
Yeah, how did you eventually wind up getting the actual pay per view? What here's happened? the thing, man. Here's the thing: is I tried to I tried to order it. I tried to order it from Fight, and that's like you had to only if you were overseas you could get it on Fight, right? Or just international. Yeah. yeah so like it, it was you know it was on Bleacher Report, but like on my new TV on the Samsung, like I couldn't get like a, any Bleacher Report app or anything. Okay. For the TV, so I couldn't get it, man. Like, and and then like so I put something on Twitter, and somebody, one of the talent, actually um, gave me their login and let me watch it because oh. and 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 I yeah you know, one of somebody from AEW, and uh, it, it, which I'm grateful for, uh, but like I wanted to pay for it. I was totally happy paying sixty bucks or twenty bucks or whatever, yeah, whatever the cost was because I wanted to watch the show. Because they did a really good job of building it up. What were you excited about going into the show? Like, what what had you hooked kind of going into Double or Nothing? I just, the whole, like, well, honestly, just to be honest, like, the number one thing was that they were going to be wrestling in front of people, Nick. Yeah. Honestly. But, you know, like, um, you know, the, 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 the stuff that I enjoyed, I really, like, okay, one of the things that like got me interested was the Ogogo Cody Rhodes match. Yeah, like, the build why, up for that. Why? Why did that one grab you, Sean? Well, it was just you know like <clears throat> it was that was that was something that they were putting out there for everyone. So like that's what I that's one of the things that I I saw not 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 even having to um, <clears throat> not even having to watch AEW on on TNT. Yeah. Like, even if I was just scoping everything out on social media, like that was like right there for everyone, you know? Yeah. And, and it I'm was compelling, man. And, and, you know, uh, Oak Ogo's a, like, he's a real compelling character. That guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know? He's got a great look. I'm really glad to hear that's the one that grabbed you because I, I interviewed a go-go just like a couple days before the pay-per-view. And that's the one where he, yeah. Well, he told me he went off on the American health system, right? Yeah. And the, the cages stuff. And we've seen the like American versus the evil foreigner thing like so many times. The fact that the evil foreigner came in and like had all these criticisms of the United States, and there were a lot of Americans that were like, Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, this. that's the thing. It doesn't work that good anymore. Like, so what I noticed like from the uh from that match was that the people weren't into that USA versus whoever else like there was no usa chance or none of that shit no and there were a lot of flags in the audience but i agree i think it was more just a cody versus a go yeah all the all the all the uh, national stuff kind of fell to the wayside and they tried oh, to that, just, yeah yeah just tried to tell a yeah. match or tell a story with the match i really think a go-go's got a huge future man there's just something he does. About, yeah, he does. yeah and people yeah. go people go oh cody buried uh he beat him he shouldn't have won like i don't know like i'm I'm 50-50 on that. Like, he, like, Ogogo's, he's brand new still, right? Like, I mean, he's a really new, like, really new to wrestling. Yeah. Um, and you talk about the He's going to be fine. He's still, he's still green. Like, I mean, he's going to be fine. Like, like, I mean, he was put in that match. Like, it might have been early for him to even be put in that match, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, I would have liked to see him built up more in other ways before he got to that with Cody. And I noticed that Cody really slowed the match down a lot too. Like there were a lot of just holds and stuff early. They weren't going out. They weren't trying to go out there and, and, you know, run a cruiserweight match or anything like that. They just had a solid wrestling contest and 
I think a go-go, I think you're right. Got a lot of shine just being in that spotlight. Um, Absolutely. One of I like that. I was at ten, like the, the tag match, you know, with, with, with Mox. Uh, <clears throat> having a huge brain fart here. <laughs> no, Moxley and Kingston took on the box. Moxley and Kingston. Duh. Versus, yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was yeah. a hell of a match, man. Like the one knock I, I saw people make was that it went too long. And it might, it may or may not have, like, I don't know. It might have peaked a little bit, like, it, but it was, it was a hell of a match, man. It was a great match. Um, can you talk to me a bit, little bit? I saw you praised how in good a shape Christian Cage is right now. Uh, yeah, he looks really good. Yeah, a lot. I thought a lot of people thought he was going to win that match. It was a little surprising to me. They went with Jungle Boy. They seem to, you know, he's, they're taking a young talent, really pushing him hard right now. No, that's, they, yeah, it, so yeah, there it was a little surprising, but that's why it was good, because yeah. like you know, okay, but that was the right thing to do, building building Jungle Boy up. How, how it's do not you gonna hurt Christian? Yeah, well, how do you feel about them bringing Christian in though? Because I mean, there was so much buzz around this guy coming out of that Rumble appearance, and you know, I think I I looked at the, a Christian win here as a chance to kind of give him something to do, like to have a path. I really don't know that they've still kind of figured out exactly how they want to. Uh, what they want to do with the guy quite yet. He's good at his role, but I don't really know exactly where we're going with Christian right now. You know? Yeah, I don't know either, but like that, that wasn't like him getting pinned in the, in the middle one, two, three or submitting. He got dumped over the top rope for, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, Big that's deal. True. That's fair. How about, uh, yeah. how'd, you, how'd you feel about Mark Henry showing up and signing with AEW? That must've happened after the uh, triple threat, triple threat. Oh. Oh, that's right, because you thought the show was over, like at the yeah, four. Because party. at four hours, like I assume after the world title triple threat, I assumed the show was over, and I went to bed. Yeah, just being honest, bro. Yeah, I don't mean to say, bro. Sorry, I don't mean to, bro. But <laughs> okay, but I yeah. want still. I'm sorry, I went to bed, and it's not like I didn't rem- like I didn't know like that, but I just thought I missed it somewhere, like. Yeah, no, once the triple threat was over, they introduced Mark Henry, and then they went and they closed the show with Stadium Stampede, which was the wild melee all over the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah so right. I totally missed that. Oh, okay. See, and as, that was a little weird to me, too, that they closed. I mean, I guess with Stadium Stampede, you know, they had Guevara and the good guys all going over, so you wanted that that reaction, I guess, to close the show, but that was a big triple threat match, man. That was a big moment for Orange Cassidy, too. I really thought that they were going to let those guys close that show last or on Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, I understand what they were where they were coming from because, like, like you know, conventional wisdom says, like, yeah, oh, you want to close it with, you know, on a high note, and like let the baby face win, but not always. Like, I think that, and and not downing them for the decision, but uh, but yeah, I would have I would have had the the triple threat close the show. Um, but yeah, back to Mark Henry. I know you didn't see it or anything, but you have to know now that Mark Henry's moved over to AEW. I mean, what do you think about? All of the, I mean, him, Christian, Big Show, uh, it's it's uh, Matt Hardy. I mean, uh, there's been this real kind of transition right now of, of guys from uh, uh, legendary talent from WWE over to AEW. I don't know. I the only thing I can just say is I'm happy for Mark Henry if he got a good deal for himself. Yeah, and if there's like if he could pass something along, like you know, uh, there's if he can help out, you know, younger talent. Um, you know, if, I'm all for like that. I'm all for older guys being brought in if they're going to help, you know, raise everyone else up. Okay. Uh, and lastly, here, I guess, before we uh, throw to Danhausen, uh, Sting 
right? I mean, Sting came back, took off the shirt, was wrestling in his gear. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you think of Sting's performance? I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was very well laid out. I thought it was. I thought it was a good match. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. Are you surprised that Sting was able to hang at sixty-two the way he was with everybody in that ring? No. No. No, I'm not at all. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, the thing is, is don't freaking like, you know, don't even, don't even try buckle bombing him. Like, I mean, like things like that, and then, and he's not going to get hurt. Yeah, fair. I mean, he was just moving great, man. Yeah. I mean, Scorp went for that springboard cutter. And when Sting caught him and grabbed him into the Scorpion Death Drop, that moment and yeah, that was a nice, that was a real nice moment. Yeah. Dude, that was and it was beautiful because of how fluid it was. That's where I was just like, this guy's moving. But uh this the dive off of the stack of chips onto ego and Scorp Man, dude. I'm sitting there live in that arena, right? Or this the dailies place, yeah. and everything just kind of slowed down for a moment. You know that like when you're in a real special wrestling moment there and you just know that this is different that moment right there felt like that i think to everybody live and daily right on. yeah right on. hey man uh honestly stingers looked like he was in better shape for this and and more prepared for this than he was his wrestlemania match with triple h i agree with you i had the same thought too man he like, looked better his body looked better his hair like yeah Hey, and oh, before I forget, too, and we will get to Danhausen, Britt Baker, man, this was like it. This was the year payoff yeah. after everything. Uh, this, you know, trying to get the women's division, AEW, kind of back on the tracks. Uh, real quick, anything you want to say about Britt Baker taking the title here at Double or Nothing? I enjoyed the match, and congratulations to her and also to Hikaru Shida. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm a fan of hers. I'm a Hikaru Shida fan. Yeah. And yeah, and also like I think her English is great. Oh yeah, for, well thank you. Yes, I, we don't want any Spanish commentary table. You yeah, know. I just like it's like like I noticed like early, like months ago listening to her cut promos in English, and I and, and it's impressive because you know I mean you got your Kenny Omegas and a few other guys, but other than that, you got guys like we don't learn that good of Japanese when we go over there. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, we just don't give a shit. Like, like I know, like when I lived in, in, in Mexico for four years, Hey man, uh, I could speak Spanish to get by, but like I tried to do an in-ring promo one time and I fell flat on my face. People laughed at me because I just couldn't do it. You know, like, and I could speak in the back, in the, in the dressing room, I could have conversation just fine. But like to be able to do that, like she, she does. You know, and it's not her, it's not her first language. I think it's impressive. And like for anyone to make fun of it, it's, come on. Yeah, well, and, and I would be remiss here, actually. Uh, I know I keep trying to, to move on, but the WWE New Japan news was huge this week just because oh, yeah. New Japan has been working with AEW and Impact and Ring of Honor. And now WWE has entered that conversation here. Um, do you have any thoughts on WWE possibly working with New Japan? I mean, what what do you think it would be in their best interest to, to get that relationship uh, back and going again? I don't know. Why? I just don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. If... <clears throat> Man, a lot of people are up in arms over the whole thought of it. <clears throat> oh, and, oh. Yeah, WWE, New Japan relationship. Are you I understand why. Are you talking fan-wise or like internally people are up in arms? Fan-wise. Really? I don't know, yeah. man. 
You think so? I don't know what I don't know what like comments you've been reading. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I'm pretty warm to the idea. I, I see Daniel. You might be, but man, I've seen like overwhelming negative comments when it comes to that. So you just say stay away. It doesn't help. Either. I don't say that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like that's I've seen a people a lot, a lot of talk and a lot of it's not good. Um, but like I understand New Japan. I I understand WWE. I like it's smart of them to try to get that relationship going. Um, and good for New Japan for being in that position. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so let's just see what happens, man. I'm not going to say oh they shouldn't do that or. You know, um, let's see who gets, let's see who walks away with the New Japan prize, AEW or WWE. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us, Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Oh yeah, Sean. I mean, I, I, you know, I know that every man out there wants to feel very virile, right? In the, in the bedroom there. And, you know, Blue Chew, they offer a unique online service. They deliver the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, uh, but it's in a chewable form and it's at a fraction of the cost. So that's nice. Chewable form, much more uh, inexpensive than, than these other leading brands out there, you know? Yeah. And uh, Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve heart. Did I already fucking say that? That, no, you. I mean, you can. I think they want us to really emphasize it here that you know the mm-hmm. harder, stronger erections that you get. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, if you've heard, but like erections on Blue Chew are like blue steel. A cat can't scratch it. That's so, really good. That's good. So yeah, they're at all. I stole that line from a movie from from when I was a kid. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I don't want the cat scratching my steel pole, but whatever. To each his own with your Blue Chew. So Blue Chew is an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a nice, discreet package. So it doesn't say, Blue Chew, deal with your erectile dysfunction on the right. bottom. Discreet, you know, discreet. Yeah. yeah, the process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And those licensed medical providers, they're going to work with you to find the right ingredient and the strength for your prescription that you're going to need. Yeah. The one I like to use, Nick, is the, is the uh, Sildenafil, the one that's um, that's like similar to um, oh, Cialis. Okay. okay. Yeah. that's I, like you, There's two different ones you can get. I just prefer that one. Okay, so you're so yeah. you're so that's great that you actively are using this and you can testify that this is a great product. Oh yeah, I Blue Chew was on board with me um, for a while back when I was doing X Pac One Two Three Sixty. Sure, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and like the thing I like about them too is like they're made in the USA. Yeah, they prepare, they ship direct, so it's cheaper than going to a pharmacy. I mean, it's a lot of great stuff over at Blue Chew. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, for pro wrestling fans, we, I mean, you know about Blue Chew, but this is your chance to really try it out. You know what I mean? That's the thing about Blue Chew, Nick. Um, is they've been so supportive of uh, the wrestling industry and wrestling podcasts. Like, um, so uh, I hope everyone goes out and supports them. And they yeah. have been, right? Bluetooth's doing great. I think they're the, I mean, as far as I know, I think they're the, they're at the top of their, um, you know, I'm not going to say the other, the other names of uh, 
they're competitors, but okay, they're at the top of the they're at the top of the heap. They're at the top, yeah. the peak of the erection. They're on the tip of that erection is where that is. Mm-hmm. The tip. That's the best part. And blue. <laughs> hey, so the tip. Uh, just the tip. Yeah, I know. I'm glad that I'm glad that tickled you, Sean. Hey, so what else do we have here? We say, well, that's the thing, is Sean. This isn't just about us saying nice things. Uh, the listeners out there, we got a great deal for you when it comes to Blue Chew. So, if you want to try Blue Chew free, uh, use the promo code Pro at checkout. Uh, just you're going to pay five dollars shipping, but you're going to get the free Blue Chew. That's BlueChew.com promo code Pro. Uh, you're going to receive the first month free, uh, and that's great. You know, Sean. Yes. Once again, that's bluechew.com, promo code PRO, P-R-O, to receive the first month free. And we thank you very much, Blue Chew. Appreciate your support. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. Yeah, totally. I mean, and Sean, like, you're a high level athlete. I mean, I'm sure you like want to enjoy cereal, but like you don't want to put, you know, all that sugar and stuff into your system. Right. Yeah. And like, right. These days, Nick, um, I'm really conscious about what I put in my body as far as food and everything. Uh, and, um, like I try to, I try to, um, I try to eat like a, uh, paleo or kind of a keto ish type of diet, you know, not real, not super strict but like I'm, I'm just really mindful of it and uh man this magic spoon man <laughs> i'm freaking i'm in heaven with this stuff man i i know you are like that's the thing is you told me because like we got this a couple days ago you told me that you got the magic spoon and then you enjoyed it and then yes. it, was, it like disappeared is that what you yeah did? Like I literally just a couple minutes ago, I had to go upstairs and get this from where I hid it for my <laughs> wife. I had to hide because my wife's just like me. She she tries to watch what she eats and, you know, yeah. similar, uh, similar diet to mine. And okay. uh, I came up and all my magic, just about all my magic spoon was gone. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, there was some serious heat in the household over that. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, we want to tell our sponsor, great sponsor, Magic Spoon. Yeah, we love the product. It won't ruin your relationship. I don't know if we can say that is like a health anecdote, but it, it shouldn't. I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, this is this is really good stuff. I mean, great flavors at zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, uh, only four net grams of carbs in each serving and yeah. only 140 calories a serving. That's really good, Sean. For considering how it tastes, Dude. it's um, it's amazing, Nick. Yeah, it's no. amazing, man. Like. Especially if, if you haven't had any of this type of stuff in a while, like if you're being pretty strict on your diet uh, and you don't, you don't cheat, man, you'll feel like you're cheating when you eat this. Like, honestly, you feel like you're doing something wrong when you eat it. It's yeah. that damn good. Yeah. I mean, and you talk about how good it is for your diet. I mean, a keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb, uh, GMO free. And yep. what we got, Sean, is what everybody out there right now can try as well. The variety pack. So you get four different flavors. You get cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, which is the one I have right now and I've been munching on before we did this spot. Yes. My favorite are are the fruity ones. uh, I'm not going to tell you what what brand uh, cereal. I don't want to name, you know. Can I name up Fruit Loops? It tastes a lot like Fruit Loops, man. Okay, got it. Just as good. 
Yeah. This is okay. good. Yeah. I, I agree with you, man. Yeah. And like they told us in the, in the copy here, to yeah. try clean the cocoa and the peanut butter together and yeah. make like your own kind of like mix cereal. Did you do it? Oh, I did it, Sean. And yeah. it, really good. It's nice. just a peanut butter cup, you know? Nice. And you know, like I don't, I don't drink milk anymore. So uh, like I either use like an almond milk or like um, earlier I used oat milk with mm. it. So, and, and it's amazing. Even with like almond milk, oat milk, uh, cashew, any of that stuff. So yeah, like, yes, man, if you're like, if, if, if you don't use dairy, like just throw some coconut milk or almond milk in there with it. It's amazing. Um, hey, so yeah. anyways, Hey, so, um, anyone, uh, that's listening or watching right now wants, wants to give magic spoon a try. I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you do, uh, go to magicspoon.com slash pro. That's magicspoon.com slash P-R-O to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code PRO, P-R-O, at checkout to save $5 off your order. Yeah. Five bucks, man. Gone. Yep. Off, off of it. You get to try it, and it's $5 gone. You don't even need yep. it. Bro. And, and, and Magic Spoon is so confident in their product it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Man, that's good. That's customer service. I can believe in, Sean. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash P-R-O and use the code P-R-O to save $5 off. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, of course, we want to thank you again, Magic Spoon, uh, for coming on and sponsoring Pro Wrestling for Life. I love Magic Spoon. Like, this isn't just, hey, it's not just uh, we have a sponsor. Like, I legit love this shit, man. It is so good. I hope everyone gives it a shot. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now on the show, um, he's like a huge sensation right now in the independent world. Well, just in wrestling in general. It's hard to really distinguish like indie, like it's just well, all wrestling these days. He's in Ring so, of Honor now. He's, he's not an indie. Yeah. Ring of Honor. Yeah, I know. But but you, does that mean you don't do indies? No, I do indies. I'm non-exclusive there. So oh, I'm okay, still yeah. July, I'm trying to fill back up my schedule. So, <laughs> hey, so ladies and gentlemen, Dan Housen, <laughs> make some noise. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Hey, hey, <laughs> dude, hey Don, and, and your first name is Donovan. Yes. Yeah. Cool. How would you like me to address you, Mr. Housen? Uh, it totally up to you, Donovan, uh, Dan Housen. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> people don't know what to call me at the time either. So, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, Hey man, seriously though, I appreciate you coming on, and I I appreciate you letting us uh, see behind the uh, you know the mask or the the makeup or whatever it's to see yeah, uh, well, actual Donovan Don Danhausen. It's just CGI. Oh okay. <laughs> CGI and uh, voice changing technology. Hey man, so usually like when I have people on the, on the show, I'll, you know most of the time. It's people I've known for years, so it ends up just being a conversation. Like, hey, man, so we're just, like, getting acquainted. Yeah. And um, so forgive me if I ask you some questions you're 
you know, you answer all the time or that you've a- answered ad nauseum. Because ah, no, no. like for, for me, me personally, like when I do a show, that's why I don't do a bunch of shows like podcasts anymore and stuff. Cause I'm just tired of answering the same <laughs> shit over and over again. Right. Yeah. Dude. Hey, but like, since I said that, let me ask you some questions you've uh, answered a million times. <laughs> well, that's okay. Cause every audience is a whole new audience. So that's just that. Maybe some people don't know, like, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening right now who don't know who I am. So this is great. But I, if they like wrestling, I think at the very least they know who you are and they've heard of you at this point. I right? hope so. But I always yeah. like to look at it as it's always a new audience. So if I have yeah. to reintroduce myself, that's great. Can yeah, I, so- I, want to, I want to jump in real quick and just on that note, Sean, like you, I knew you before you were Dan Housen, super famous and you had all the, ma- <laughs> like this all, this all happened. I mean, it feels like you've been around in a name for a while now, but I mean, how many years has it been since you've been Danhausen now? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it feels like a long time. I think because of the pandemic felt like such, it's still going on. So it still feels like such a long time. Uh, but I only really got going like as full on Danhausen, like goofy and all that, uh, this incarnation of it. Yeah. Uh, October, uh, I would say somewhere in between July of 2019 and October is where it like, started to blossom and then October it just shot off because people booked me because I was the scary guy and I was like oh well I'm not going anywhere after this so like I used those opportunities of getting booked every like four times a week or whatever to kind of like propel myself and be like I'm not going anywhere once October's over this is this is staying cool so how long have you been doing this now man oh since uh what is it like I think 2013 okay so it's like a 2013, but like that was with a lot of like stop and go, like yeah. like oh no, I have to work at this job, so I can't take these bookings because that's paying and blah blah, you know. Uh, and, and like, what was Donna McDonald? How like how did like when you first started? Like, what? Who were you? Were you Donna McDonald? How Dan Housen? Like yeah. So actually, really, I was uh, the first show I ever did. They said that my name was too hard to pronounce, and there's too many syllables for Donovan Danhausen. Yeah, <laughs> so they renamed me Donovan Danger for the show. Okay, I was like, it's one less syllable, and that's horrible. Let's not yeah. do that. <laughs> not so good. <laughs> yeah, so that was that. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's been Donovan Danhausen the whole time. Um, at, to start, I was just a dude, like a, a guy with. Uh, sometimes I'd have a beard, a tattooed beard. Yeah. Eye is what I always say is like, but there's so many of those. Um, you just, I don't know. Like, I liked. Uh, you know, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. So I was trying to like, as much as I could, like that's who I related to at the time. That's who I was watching. Were you trying to present yourself kind of like, like them then? Is that, was that the kind of look you had? Yeah. It was just like, kind of, but that's just how I'm just like a dude with a beard and tattoos. So like, that's just by nature what I kind of look like anyway. So, um, I'd get grouped together with that and, you just kind of have to roll with it. And also I didn't feel comfortable being that guy. Cause it's like, I'm ass kicker guy. Yeah. So no, that's what you I, wanted to be like that. You yeah. want to be the serious ass. Me too. Yes. When I first started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And I feel like a lot of people start that way because that's, yeah. those are the cool guys. Like you're like, Oh, that that's it. And you're like, no, no, no. Once I think once you start getting going, like uh, I always relate it back to like uh, stone cold. I'm like, yeah. yeah, he's like the quintessential like ass kicker guy, but also he's like one of the funniest guys that was on TV. Like he's on uh, raw playing a little guitar with a tiny cowboy hat on, like with Kurt angle. Like I'm like, I always try to remember stuff like that. It's just like, if you think of the most badass guy, it's stone cold, but also yeah. if you think of one of the funniest guys, it's stone cold. Like you have to know sure. how to, how to balance the two. 
And so, like, I was being a small guy, and I like you're not a very big guy yourself. Oh, like, I'm a small guy. For me, like, I was. It was really important that like I presented myself as serious ass kicker. You know, like I was, and I was really proud of my training and all that. And, you know, so um, yeah, man, I was really like, man, um, I wanted to wear gear. You know, I wanted to have like you know re real gear and just. I was really caught up in that. And so like, how long did it take you from the time you started? Like, as you're finding out, like, how long did it take you to find Dan Housen? Uh, so I would say what 2013 through, I guess, 2018, yeah. I was a dude. Uh, I was doing okay. Like I, I got to wrestle early on. I got to wrestle Johnny Gargano a couple of times and right. that was great. Uh, I got to, from that people saw it and they're like, oh, cool. We'll book you in Texas. And then they put me in a, a four-way match with Ricochet. So that got me a little bit of buzz. Um, I did well on those, but it's a thing of like, who cares? Is you still just a dude? Like there's yeah. something like uh, I could tell people wanted to like me, but there was nothing for them to like sink their teeth into. Cause I was just a wrestler. Like, sure. uh, so, you know, it's just kind of spinning the wheels for years and years and just, trying to you know get my name out there and do that um and then eventually i had moved to florida because i thought there was going to be a big wrestling scene there there's really well, florida is. <laughs> yeah it's just it's just i was like oh and it's down there like there's probably tons of wrestling it's like that's kind of the same amount um so yeah I, they just pay you less down there yeah <laughs> <laughs> tons of shows they just don't pay anything so I was like, ah, this isn't working out. I moved back uh, to Michigan, which is where I'm originally from. And I was like, cool, uh, that didn't work out. I'm going to like get rolling. I'm going to get better gear. I'm going to you know, try my best yeah. with this. And I was still just me uh, as Donovan Danhausen. And I was wrestling weekly, which was great because I was getting my reps in, but also it wasn't uh, great wrestling. So I was losing money. This was, probably, this was probably around 2018 or so, maybe late 2017. Um and I was just putting miles on my car. I was getting hurt wrestling because the matches weren't that great. Uh, may I wasn't that great. Um, yeah. And I was just like, this isn't fun. This sucks. I remember I got uh, the turning point was I was in a match. I got kitchen synced and a dude kicked me in the throat. It was supposed to be like a chest kick. And he just kicked me straight across the throat. And I remember it, I usually am like pretty level headed about everything. And I got actually like pissed off in that match. And I like rolled out of the ring. And I was like, this, this sucks. Like, uh, I didn't go back to that after that. Um, I got in my car and I left. I was, uh -huh. I was, I don't want to cause a scene. I don't want to do anything, but it was like one of the only times I've been genuinely like pissed off where I felt it was done on purpose almost. Um, cause like, there's no way you go for a chest kick. You kick me straight in the, the throat where I was like, cool. I might have to drive to the hospital or I'm driving home. I'm not sure yet. Uh, cause that's what it felt like. I was like, it was swollen. Yeah. I could breathe. It happened to me, man. It happened to me on the independent show up in that, like actually in that Michigan area. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to name who did it, but yeah. like, I thought I was going to die. Like well, I, thought, you don't I thought know. I was going to die, man. You're just like, Oh, is my, what is it? Everything gets all like swollen up and you can't breathe. And it's, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, call like, Skin ambulance, and they just looked at me like I was stupid. Like, no, like, life dude, or death. people get hurt on wrestling shows. Yeah, what the fuck? Anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. And that was kind of the turning point where I was like, well, I was like, wrestling isn't fun. Uh, I'm getting hurt. I'm my like, yeah. getting miles on it. I'm losing money actively wrestling. I was like, uh, let's maybe I could quit, which 
whatever, I'll just work. I was working at a hospital at the time as a nursing assistant. So I was doing 12 hour shifts or oh, whatever. Yeah. So you like know kind of like the, cause you're like, yeah. Well, so I was like, like, I don't know how serious this could be. Like this could be very serious or it could be nothing and I'll be fine tomorrow. Luckily it was fine. But like at the time I was like, I was not having it. Um, yeah, so I was like, I could quit and just, I guess, become a nurse, which is great for people who want to do that, but I didn't necessarily yeah. want to do that. So, like, that's not my passion. Uh, so I drove home. I was like, well, I can try to do this whole, like, I like makeup thing. I like I like horror. Yeah. Uh, that's what I grew up on with my dad was uh, he used to uh, build haunted houses and do the makeup for haunted houses. He's really good at it. What? And I did not know that about you. I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. So, I feel like I know a lot about you, but I didn't know that. This all makes a lot more sense. Now. Yeah. So I grew up with horror movies. Like uh, okay. yeah, I was probably too young, but like also I got desensitized, uh, desensitized to it uh, at a young age. So I was just used to it. Um, but yeah, so that's where I was like, well, I can do this kind of horror movie thing where I can make fun vignettes and try to get myself over yeah. use Twitter and Instagram or, you know, whatever YouTube. Um, because if I don't get myself over like an independent company is not necessarily running storylines. And I'm not signed anywhere at the time. So I was like, well, I can try to get myself over. So I uh, would film in my friend, which we still do today, is uh, my friend Nick and David. Uh, it was in their basement at the time. I was going to say, is that a basement you're using? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. his old basement. It's very 70s style. Wow. Uh, so now we just use it in you know tongue in cheek that it's like mm -hmm. a, a crappy old scary basement. But we don't make it scary anymore. It just we have it dingy. Um, yeah. So I filmed these vignettes with them and like base them off of horror movies and kind of mix and mash them. And it would take hours and hours. And then I'd have to wake up at six and go work for 12 hours and all that. And they did okay. They started to catch on a bit. Uh, and I was like, okay, there's something here. But also horror is niche and wrestling is niche. So that's just kind of keeping my audience still very small. Um, and then I had wrestled uh, Effie. And yeah. he was like, let's be weird. Let's do some weird stuff. He's like, have fun with it. So with the promos with those, I started kind of letting my actual personality out, which is a little bit goofier and sarcastic and yeah. uh, lots of Simpsons. Well, at this point, you have the makeup on now? It's still, yes. At this point, I'm full makeup, but it's probably eight months or so of where I'm doing like straight up horror. Like I'm just evil. My yeah. character is that I'm evil and I do weird things. Can, can I ask real quick uh, before, yeah. we, before we get past it with the makeup thing? Because yes. this, is, this is an iconic thing now. Like this, this the look that you've yeah. created, it's, it's, it's everywhere. What was the inspiration like what exact because it's what was the design how did you come up well, the first one i ever did was for um southern underground pro in tennessee where they're like hey it's a halloween show do whatever you want and that's where i kind of tested it i did they live makeup uh mm -hmm. so i did like the blue with the little red spots everything the ghouls um and then i switched over to do this band converge uh they have an album jane doe which is like kind of like a, a scary looking woman it's very ambiguous and then I switched that over because I was like, this is other people's things. So I can't just use them all the time. Like, it's fun, but I need my yeah. own. Uh, my wife was, uh, she's a burlesque dancer, and she was doing Theater Bazaar. And it's a, a whole Halloween weekend in Detroit. And um, I had done Pazuzu from The Exorcist. There's like when he flashes on the screen for a second. Yeah. Just that creepy face. I had done that makeup, and I just went, and that's how I went to this Halloween party. And I was like, oh, this one's kind of cool. And I was like, also, I can kind of morph this one into my own thing. Right. Uh, so that started off as just straight up me copying the Pazuzu makeup from The Exorcist. And then eventually I was like, well, if I change this and this and this and this, it kind of made it more cartoony and made it my own version of it. And now I just have my own version. 
Wow. Yeah, I like it though. And it's yeah. not real. It's not too busy. Like it's no. It's, it's so that was a yeah. problem that I had was when I first started doing it, I was adding like detail lines yeah. everywhere and like doing extra little spikes. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, it needs to be clean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like and, King Diamond. Like I don't know why it makes me think of King Diamond for some reason. Yeah, I get that a lot. Uh, yeah. That, that yeah, because um, it's the black metal uh, yeah. makeup. Uh, but my, yeah, my, that's what people will say. And I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, I get, I get relating it to that, but it's just, it's just straight up demon Pazuzu makeup. Hey, so let me tell you like what, like I keep thinking about this. It keeps popping into my head for you. Like I see you with the spend ghoulie type show your own, like show where you're playing freaking like old shitty horror movie. Like, old, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. when, I, when I was a kid, like before, like around the same time as Sven Gooley growing up in Tampa, yeah. Um, we had the original, like, this is where Dr. This is where Paul Bearer came from. We had this guy, Dr. Paul Bearer, and he drove around in a hearse all over town and he had the makeup. And yeah. Like he had this, like he would have breaks in between the horror, the horror movies, and he you know, have his little segments, and it was like Sven Gooley. You know Sven Gooley, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah so this, it was like that. This is very inspired by like Elvira and Conan O'Brien. Like, mix those two things together and add the demon makeup and that's yeah. kind of what that is, is like the whole svenguli uh, alvira uh crypt keeper oh, uh, space ghost it's like a mix of all of that stuff i think ring of honor could afford svenguli i think that a svenguli like cameo with danhausen maybe pull pco into that i know you guys oh, svenguli would probably love to do it like oh, i don't want to speak i don't want to speak for him but he'd probably do it for he, well, I'm here in Chicago. He comes uh, when Mick Foley does his comedy show out in uh, Rosemont. He's a wrestling fan, right? Like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I, I met him in the green room. He's a super cool guy. Yeah. I've never met him, but I always people will tag and be like, "You need to do something with him." And I'm like, I don't know him, so I don't want to just, you know, like, hey, no, dude, I see you having your own show like that, where you're you're hosting like creature creature feature and all these, yeah. you know. That's the goal is yeah. to do something like that once I can't wrestle anymore. Oh, the, see, that's good, man. Like, yeah, I try to have a backup, like, because you can't wrestle forever. So, like, I want to have this character that I can just continue doing if I, you know, God forbid, if I get injured and I can't wrestle anymore, just like, hey, just eventually. Hey, so how did, once you started donning the makeup and developing the character, how did that affect your in-ring style and what you do in the ring? Uh, so I still was under like with the evil character, like full on evil Danhausen. I was still trying to wrestle like hard. Like I was trying to uh -huh. go hard and like just wrestle still. Uh, this just kind of gave me an opportunity to, I don't want to say not have to wrestle because I was still very much trying to go, well, can we still yeah. do this and this and this? And people are like, we don't have to. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But like, I always kind of think of, uh, Gangrel is this way when he's at a show still, he's like, he's like, I, I want, he's like, you know, I don't want to, you know, peel back the curtain too much but he always wants to go super hard and I'm like yeah he does you don't have to i'm like you could just come out and spit blood and people will love it and he's like oh no he's like i want to <laughs> i want to do it all i'm like that's he's he's great he's got a great attitude about that um but yeah it's definitely easier on the body uh with this character because i can just get away with like just doing goofy stuff but i also try to still work hard like i want to show people that I can still go as this character while doing this character. I don't want it to, you know, me to get lazy. I don't want to get lazy and just be like, cool, I'll come out and I'll do this and this and this and this yeah. and be done. I don't want to phone it in. Um, but that's the thing. Like I can pick and choose these spots that the crowd like uh, 
if I know they they're gonna love it, I'll do it because yeah. we're here to entertain the crowd. Well, so have you ever heard the expression like, or just the saying that it's it's the it's the shit you do in between the moves that's the real magic. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Uh, so like you know, um, you could still do all the cool shit you want to do, man. It's just all yeah. the in between stuff is where you add your Dan housing. Yes. Which uh, I gotten. I don't. I don't like. I guess very good at doing that, the Danhausen stuff, where people yeah. are like, well, uh, what do you want to do at the beginning of the show? And I'm like, you do your stuff. That's fine. I will just react to it and play with the crowd and play with you. And that's, I was like, I don't have to do anything for the beginning, like uh, of a match. Like it's just uh -huh. me being Danhausen is my my shine, um, and that's it. I like maybe I'll do something like something small at the end of it, but like I don't need to do a run spot with you and do this and that and like. It's not necessary. Other people are going to do that on the show. Let's make this match different. So you haven't set up, you haven't like, um, you know, and eventually I, I got things down to where I had like my four or five signature things and like I could build my match around that. What are yeah. your signature things that you build your match around? Right now? So I do have those now and I'm learning how All to right. place those better. Uh, I, I learned from like the, where I started kind of getting more popular in 2019, I started to get the Danhausen match down. Uh -huh. Uh, you know, I have the the teeth. I have the tequila spot. Um, I have the slingshot German spot, like the my yeah. and all that. Uh, and then just the beginning is just again me trying to figure out how to be goofy and trick you into falling out of the ring, so then I can do the dance because it hypnotizes the crowd. Gotcha. Sing along with me, and then they empower me because I gain a bunch of energy from that. And you know, um, but yeah, so. It, I would say though now it's a trick of with Ring of Honor figuring out how to integrate that stuff uh, in a less silly way and a more realistic way. Yeah, uh, and that's fine. But like everyone else is doing, the, oh, I'm a strict, I'm a serious wrestler, exactly. man. Like there's a million people doing that shit. Yes. So I'm trying to uh, evolve it a little bit so that way it still fits their product uh -huh. while still being true to what I'm doing. I try to never um, compromise that. And I love recently speaking to the characters, man. You've been bringing the Generico mask back. And oh yeah, <laughs> Dude, I think that I think that is so cool, man. That like I know that like you and Sammy worked together on some some pro wrestling T stuff, but I think it's so cool, man, that you have the cachet to be able to pull something off like that right now and be that. Yeah. Uh, so that was thanks also to Austin Creed, Xavier Woods. Uh, oh set, man, he said that last. Um, so that's how I got that shirt. I always I always try to credit him. He's so cool. He's so helpful. Uh, but yeah, I like to just, if I can have fun with it, because I know the crowd's going to like that. Like if I do something like that at a, during, in front of a live crowd, then, you know, let's do it. Let's have fun with it. Yeah. I was honestly surprised to see you doing it when the no fans, like on the ROH TV stuff. Oh, they well, because here's the thing. People, if, if I don't have fans, I still have to make the most of it. So oh, if my totally. spot in the battle Royal is coming and get tossed out, I want to be the most talked about spot in that battle royal. How, how excited are you to get the Ring of Honor product in front of fans at the moment? I am very excited because uh, it's wrestling in front of no fans is very hard. It makes me Ooh. think of training uh, where it hurts way more. Uh, you get winded way quicker. I don't know if it's just because we're like we have masks on when we're calling our matches and all that, too. And it's just. I feel like I get blown up so much faster right now. Also just not wrestling every weekend. Uh, it just takes a toll. Like and my body feels worse during the pandemic. It didn't feel like it healed. It feels like it's worse. 
Oh yeah, that's what that happens. Yeah. Well, that's just yeah, not working like as much Dallas anymore. Yeah. Even I mean, but part of that's just not working as much too. Like yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people are, are a lot of people are saying the same thing. Like, oh, my body hurts now. Like, because especially like guys at the performance center or whatever. Yeah. Like, they weren't getting as many matches in or reps or whatever. Anyways, whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to because I feed off the of Danhausen especially yeah. feeds off of that crowd. Um, like it's a lot of crowd interaction. So what I've done is just uh, adapted it to switch it, and I kind of interact with whoever's at ringside, whether it be the camera guys or I'll yell at Ian Riccoboni and Caprice uh, yeah. the ring. I just, I kind of just do whatever I want. <laughs> like not in a bad way, yeah. like I don't compromise anything, but like that's what's going to get talked about. And that's what the character is. It's kind of breaking the fourth wall and doing whatever he wants. Yeah. Hey, so um, I was, I was watching a little bit of, it was a clip of a match you had with, with orange Cassidy. And I was enjoying yeah. like the, you guys playing off each other back and forth and, and um, just like the, you know, usually it's just one guy has the, that type yeah. of a gimmick, you know, and uh, uh, you, two guys in the match together. Yeah, that was, uh, that was right. That was literally the last match I had before everything shut down. Oh, was it? Uh, so it was, it was cool because I was like, how has no one booked this match yet? Uh, Cause it was, it was there. He was allowed to do shows still. I don't know if he is now, but like, and I was like, how has no one booked this? This is a match that people want to see whether, you know, and, and then uh, Eric Cannon had booked it yep. for first. And he did it the, I think the perfect way. He didn't have us wrestle a full match. Um, he's like, you guys are going to start wrestling. So you can do all of your fun stuff at the beginning. And then you're going to get beat up. And then you guys are going to tag. And I was like, oh, what, oh what yeah. Is that how that, is that what turned into? Yeah. So like, oh, okay. it's funny I wrestled, I was like, I was like, well, it's, it'll be funny later on. I'm going to wear, uh, cause he wears the, uh, the jeans. So yeah. I just wore black jeans during the match with him. So then when we were tagging, I had tag gear. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, so, so they had, um, they, uh, they advertised you guys in a match, right? So you guys had a little bit of a match just so about- you give them what they have. What- yeah, we did right? three minutes uh, of like we did a whole, you know, our shtick at the beginning. He did his his pockets where he did mm-hmm. his holes, uh, diving over me within the pockets and the give up. Uh, yeah. So we did everything. He did the kicks. Um, yeah, and then as we were getting going, that's when we got beat up. So and, we teamed up. And like you're part of this class of real characters. You know, I know I've talked to you about this before, but I mean, you, Orange. Uh, War ha- or a uh, Warhorse, yeah. uh, Effie, Dan the Dad, Alley Cat. I mean, you guys have like a, a crew, right? Of of you guys yeah. all came up. Yeah, with- yeah. Are you surprised that more wrestlers aren't trying to figure out characters? Because like earlier we were talking about how everybody just wants to be a, a tattooed bad guy. There's not yeah. enough characters right now in the business. Does it surprise you more people aren't kind of going the route that you guys are going? Yes and no. Um, I do notice that there are a lot more that are just kind of coming out now. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say they're like following the formula of what we've been doing, but I think they're following the formula of what we've been doing, which isn't a bad thing uh, as long as they're trying to twist it and make it their own. Like I've, you know, based my stuff off of other people's things, but I try to twist it and make it my own. So it's not just uh, stealing. Um, but I have, I've noticed that, but also I think there's a fine line of, uh, everything I do in this. I don't know if most people realize this when they first see me, but Everything I do, I try to make make sense. Uh, nothing I do is actually unrealistic, even though it might have the appearance that it is. Like I have a reasoning for every single thing. 
uh, like the dance, like I said, it's it's me hypnotizing the crowd. I watched it in a movie. Uh, Pee Wee Herman, he beat up someone at a bar. That's why I do that move is because I was doing a bar show with PB Smooth, who's like six foot eight. Oh, nice. And, and he was like, uh, I got there and I was like, well, I guess I'll ask the bar if I can dance on their bar and kick him in the face because he's got the height advantage. We don't have ropes. We don't have anything. What I am was going to say, was it one of those shows with no ring? Yeah, but it was it was not a deathmatch show. So I was just like, oh, barroom brawl. I was like, this will yeah. be fun. Uh, it'll be a challenge too, um, which I was like, I'll step out of my comfort zone and figure out how I can integrate this character into a whole new environment. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll do the Pee Wee Herman dance and just beat the shit out of me the rest of the match. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's it? And I was like, yeah, why, what am I going to do? Like, just beat me up. It's fine. I'll sell for you. You look great. Uh and he's like, okay. And then that's what caught on. And then I'm just, people like it. So now I'm just doing it. Uh, but again, like that, it made me money. So that's the thing. Danhausen loves money. Uh, money is the root of all evil. Danhausen's evil. Like the, they all kind of go into the same things. Um, but I do the dance. Uh, the crowd gets hyped up. I hypnotize them. Uh, they, you know, you get power from it or whatever. Cause you get, uh, yeah. I don't uh, Obviously. <laughs> yeah, it hypes you up. Um, so then I use that power to beat up my, you know, kick him in the face, toss him in the ring. And then I do my taunt. Uh, but yeah, the no pretty simple concept actually. I think so, but it's a thing because I'm dancing, but it throws them off because they think I'm a goof. And then I can hit them with an actual move when I get in the ring because I'm tricking them and thinking I'm just some goofy guy can't do anything. I love all the thought that goes into this. Like, yeah, we believe it because you believe it. That's what's yes. about you. So there's motivation behind everything. The no swearing thing is uh, from one. It's just from indie shows where there'll be a paper in the back that says uh, no swearing if you cut a promo. And then every single night you, there's five people out there just swearing during their promos. And I'm like, this sucks. This isn't creative. Yeah. Uh, go say something else. Uh, so that's where that came from. And also just listening to like talk radio in the morning. If someone calls in and swears, they get cut off and they get taken off the air right away. Uh, so I'm like, oh, well that would affect my money because then I'm not on TV. Then I'm not making money. So if my opponent swears, I get pissed at them and then I have to beat them up to stop them from swearing. Um, and then the teeth is just (laughs) some weird, uh, loophole that I think of where I'm like, oh, well I can't get disqualified for doing this. And it grosses the opponent out and disorients them. Because it's just teeth. It's not thumbtacks. It's not anything else. Yeah, I don't know that Sean knows the full extent. Of oh, the okay. Jar, I, I mean, I, I know he knows the jar, jar of teeth, but I don't know that he knows the extent. You He's feed like, them the teeth or something? I yeah. pour them in their mouth kind of like thumbtacks, uh, and then I kick them in the face. But okay. they're real teeth. I, that's the thing I want to make clear here, right? They're like actual teeth that you have yeah. bought at oddity shops, right? Yeah. Uh, so so gross. So, what, so my the theory behind it is... You already have teeth in your mouth. I'm just putting more of something you already have into your mouth. Okay. <laughs> it, 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 it's gross. Uh, I think teeth are disgusting because when I worked at the hospital, anytime you'd have to do something with someone's mouth, I thought it was gross and it made me nauseous. Uh, so I was like, well, that's a legal way of kind of cheating. Yeah, man, but where are you getting all these teeth, man? I know you say you're buying them at oddity shops or whatever, but like if you're doing that every night, like, what do you do? Have someone go fucking sweep that, the teeth up off of the uh, canvas after your match and give them no, back to you? No, 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 no. So, <laughs> not going into it too much. I have a tooth guy. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. <laughs> they're cleaned. They're uh, boiled. Um, they're sterilized. 
and I don't I don't reuse them. Ah, okay. No. Oh, okay. I don't I don't reuse them. I don't do anything that's actually well, it's gross, but like I don't do anything actually like gross. Like I don't let them go into someone's mouth and then scoop them up off the dirty mat and floor and then put them in someone, you know what I mean? Can you tell us more about the tooth guy? Like, I'm kind of interested in who has all of these teeth, or do you not oh. want to give the secret away? Ah, it's a, it's a secret for off the air, maybe. Yeah, trade secrets, man. Like, some <laughs> shit you got to keep close to the best. I will yeah. I will say this. I'm not really one to talk. Behind me, I keep this. This is a, a skull cap that I have on my desk. See? There you go. And this thing's creepy as hell because you can see there's a newspaper bit that got stuck to it. And it's, oh, good. Uh, <laughs> it won't come off. So it's hot. Hey, hey, so... Have, have you ever run into like, um, you know, guys not wanting to work with you or like, you know, any is issues like that? Uh, so I've had like when I first started doing the makeup, there was some guys who were like, ah, I, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. And I was like, OK, that's fine. Uh, whether it be they don't want to get makeup on their gear, but like also I buy like high quality theater makeup. So it doesn't yeah. come off too often unless someone's like you know, rubbing my face in a headlock or something on purpose. Um, but yeah, then there's just people like, I don't really want to do goofy things like that. I'm like, right. fine. I was like, I'm still going to do my character though. And we can work around it. I'm fine. Right. I'm perfectly fine with doing that. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't happen so much anymore. I think people do want to work with me now more. Um, cause they see that it works. Like there's no, yeah, way. people are making noise, man. I'm going to, I'm going to compare it. To, and it's not, it's, it's not the greatest comparison, but when I first started doing the Bronco Buster, no one wanted to take that shit. Like, I, 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 Mick Foley, like I, Rick yeah. Steiner rolled over on his stomach on the bottom turnbuckle one time and so he didn't want to take it. Then like people started going crazy for it, make it start getting big pops. Next thing you know, oh, hey man, yeah, hit me with the Bronco yeah. Buster. The same guys that would never take it before. This is, I think of that in the same way as the tequila spot. Uh -huh. uh, it's just me dancing to the beat and you just get kicked in the face. I'm like, it's the easiest thing. The crowd loves it. It gets a huge reaction and neither of us get hurt off of it. So yeah. it, like, I don't know if you don't want to take it. That's fine. We can do some real things where maybe one of us will get hurt on accident, but yeah, like, no. and then like, the crowd just sitting there, sitting on their hand. Like, yeah. I'm like, or we can let me look like an idiot and dance on the ring and they'll love it. So do you like, you know, I'm, Nick. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you brought up the Bronco Buster comparison because I didn't know exactly how to mention it, but like, I see the similarities and, and kind of, you know, we're going we're gonna to throw anyway. Sorry. Go ahead, Dan. I don't want to cut you off. Oh, yeah. no, no. I was going to say, that's a great comparison of like, it's such, like, it's, it's, you don't have to take anything. I don't <laughs> <laughs> You just have to allow yourself to feel a little uncomfortable for a moment, and then we're I all guess, but wrestling. Like yeah, the whole thing is uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like balls don't get thrown in your face like twenty times during a match, anyway. Oh, well, you take a tombstone, you don't complain about it. That's what I'm saying, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, what's going on with CM Punk? You trying to get him to come to ROH? Ah, uh, so he's so he's the reason that I had started rewatching wrestling as uh, like an adult because I'd stopped, I would say like early two thousands. Uh -huh. I don't know. I was getting older and it was, I think it was one of those things like, well, this isn't cool anymore. I can't watch this. Uh, cause I don't know. Cause we're, you know, you're teenager. I wasn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> and so what was it? Uh, I think around 2013 or 2012, he was on commentary because he was injured. And I was like, well, I was like, this whole show is kind of interesting and entertaining to me. 
mm-hmm. because he's doing commentary during the whole, whole show and he's kind of keeping me hooked no matter who's on because he's funny and he's being sarcastic with things and just kind of drawing me in. Uh, so that's, and then I was like, oh, and I was, that's around the time that I found out there was a wrestling school, which is the house of truth, uh, right by my house. So it's kind of just all in the same area of why I started watching wrestling again, why I went to wrestling school. Um, but yeah, he's just a guy I've always, he's the, he likes the same music as me. Like hardcore punk is what I grew up on. He likes horror movies. He likes comic books. That's the guy I got drawn to when he's like, I was like, oh, this guy's kind of like me. I'm going to start watching wrestling again. It's kind of like watching a guy I can relate to like actually now, like, so that's where that comes from. And then just, I don't know. I just think it's fun to try, try to get slammies from them or like, sure. yeah, you know, put, put out uh uses. I like to go to sleep. I think it's a cool move. Most people can take it. Um, no one's using it at ring of honor. And I was like, cool, I'll start using it. Um, and then he, I just tweeted it at him because it was on a pay-per-view and he was like, cool. It's yours. I was like, sweet. Dude, you're playing this game so perfectly, man. Like, well, channeling the spirits of all the Ring of Honor legends, like, into one person is just really, I mean, dude, you're playing. So that's the thing. Like, it's not like I don't like him, and then I'm just tweeting at him to try to get his attention. Like, I genuinely right. like him. I enjoyed, like, all of his work. So, like, yeah, well, like, I, I like him. I would love to do something with him. What Not necessarily wrestling, but, like, a Danhausen skit with, with Punk. I think that would be fun. I think people would laugh and enjoy that. Like, Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, something like that. I just, I want to have fun with people that I enjoy and that I'm uh, fans of. Like the El Generico stuff. Like, I like Sami Zayn. I like working with Sami Zayn on, you know, doing uh, a charity shirt. Like, I'm going to promote people that I like. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, I this has been awesome. We have one more thing we're going to do here with you, Dan Housen. We're going to keep you around for a second. Um, okay. We're going to record this watch along of your New South Pro Wrestling match against Mike Bennett. Cool. Uh, this is an exclusive watch along for our patrons. So, Sean, if it's cool with you, I don't. Is there? I don't want to. I don't want to end it. If you have one thing you really want to ask Dan Housen, is there anything else you really want to get out now before we, we flip over? I mean, I'm not so much, man. Like there was one. If if there was one more thing I was going to ask you, it was kind of that generic. Like what? What do you want to do moving forward? Like are there? Any, oh, I can answer you know that. I mean? Fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, so like I kind of said it earlier, it's just like, well, I want to be on more TV. That That's like one of the main things is like, I, I want to be on TV every week. I don't want to be on TV every three weeks, every four weeks, every other week. I want every single week I, I want to be featured on TV. Uh, so I'm trying to build towards that. Um, I would like to, I try to create a character that can fit with anybody. And that's why I keep the realism in the character too, is yeah. that stick me with anybody and I'll make it work. And I think I can make it entertaining. Um and yeah, just I would like to be more, uh, which I'm working on, is to become more mainstream because I think we need more mainstream fans. Uh, I always say uh, wrestling fans will always go to a wrestling show. We need to bring their friends who don't like wrestling to the wrestling shows because uh, yeah. then there's more audience. There's more tickets being sold. Everyone makes more money. Uh, and then there's more eyes on the product. So that's why the, the Conan thing was great because it was like huge. Like that's the huge. biggest would have done like at the time. Like. And I want to do more. I was like, oh, that's not good enough. Get me on the show. I want to go on the show now. Like, right. <laughs> I want to do yeah. stuff like that. Like, uh, I am on a uh, comic cover coming out in July for Image Comics uh, for my friend Steve Orlando's book, Commanders in Crisis. Like, that's another thing. It's going to be in a, comic stores all over the place. Like, uh, oh, that's great, man. And, and I, you're I, a hot topic. I mean, it's a hot on? topic. Like, that's 
I'm trying to get retail stuff and I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to work on stuff like that. That's going to be huge potentially for other independent wrestlers. Hey, is there someone that's managing you or like, do you have some representation you helping out with all this? No, uh, you got to get some man. Yeah, I have. So I just, it's being friends with people and being genuinely nice to them and just them being like, Hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. I'm talking about at least for the outside of wrestling stuff. Oh yeah. I definitely need to work on that, but uh, oh, this yeah. is all still very new. Hey, now now that Sean and you are so familiar or more familiar with one another, maybe, uh, Sean, you have a reference of somebody you want to put him in touch with? I don't know. You're I a- could, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I know, I, know, I know a couple of people. <laughs> you're, you're, you're Hollywood famous, whatever. Just <laughs> it out there. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, this is the retrospective segment of the show. Uh, a lot of y'all's favorite segment, and uh, it's one I look forward to doing every week. Uh, joining us right now, uh, I'm really happy to have him on the show, man. Chris Van Vliet. What's up, Chris? Oh, man, I'm honored to be on here. Sean, thank you so much. This is, this is great, and I love listening to your show, but this is my favorite part of the show because it's like a look back at everything you've done in your amazing career. I mean- Two-time Hall of Famer. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, man. Up there, yeah, it there is. rings right here. I put them on. I I put these there. Like I keep these in my bathroom. I put them on just for the show and I take them <laughs> off right after. You got to get another arm for when you get inducted for the third time. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Hey, I don't. I'm not looking. Please, like, let's not talk about that. That's. A, yeah, I don't want to do uh, that. I I'm do just... not want to be up there all by myself on stage thanking everyone. <laughs> well, it's, it's bound to happen. And, you know, it's inevitable oh, one day. But, not. you know, it's I, I love this. So thank you so much for having me on. And it was tough, right? You've done so much in your illustrious career. And it was tough to narrow it down to just one thing. But if it's okay with you, I want to talk about, I'm really curious about the partnership that you had with Kane. Kane yes. and X-Pac. And... I guess I want to start by saying, like, whose idea was this to put you guys together? Because what you did was magic. I just don't know. I <laughs> I, I don't know, Chris. Yeah. Uh, uh. You know, I'm not sure who it was, uh, but I'm really grateful uh, that we did it. Like I was saying, this, like, ladies and gentlemen, this is take two of this, by the way. Like, I... <laughs> Like I screwed up earlier, so like we had to redo this of how this yeah. all works. Yeah, but um, uh, it was like the best. It was one of the greatest things I've ever done in my career. It's sure. Kane. Kane is my favorite partner. Like I say it all the time. You know, I had a lot of great partners, but because like the the dynamic and the whole storyline, just like in the way we played off each other, man, it was just, it was it was really cool. And uh, were you gonna say something? Well, I was just gonna say the great thing about that tag team was you really humanized Kane because up until that point, Kane was the big red machine. Kane was this yeah. monster and you made him like really likable. Yeah. Hey, so I was like, I go, I, I, let's rewind a little bit because sure. uh, it kind of starts with, I had the match with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania yep. and uh, like leading up to that, it was decided that triple H was going to turn heel. So that like um, I was supposed to go over on Shane. I was supposed to win that match. Hmm. Uh, but like with the whole, like with, with, with triple H turning and, and that like his turn wouldn't have meant shit or like, maybe it wouldn't have meant, sh- it would have meant something, but it wouldn't have meant nearly as much if he didn't turn on me, sure. if he didn't come out and screw me over. So like, that was actually my call because they didn't ask me to, you know, 
to do the, do the job. Like Vince had promised, okay, yeah, you're going to win this match, whatever. Um, but uh, it was just the right thing to do. Hmm. And so like, I bit the bullet on that. And it just, it, it didn't hurt me. Like, especially the way we did it, you know, like the, the, the finish and, you know. Uh, but anyways, that, that all being said, this was like a, a reward for me, I think. Like no one actually said it, but like this was a reward for me uh, for being, you know, team player and, you know, helping out with that with, with, with Hunter. And uh, uh, that's the way I saw it anyway. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kane says that you're his favorite tag team partner as well, which oh, yeah. that's saying a lot, you know, when he was part of the Brothers of Destruction. Yeah. So, but like, like behind the scenes, like yeah. a lot of that, like is how I was with them behind the scenes. Like, because like if there was any suggestion of anything that made Kane look weak, or that was something that there's no way the monster Kane would ever do, like I would, I was ready to fight. Like I was ready to dip my hands, uh, you know, wrap them and dip them in tar and dip them in glass and like go to go to bat. Like you weren't gonna do, like Kane. No, Kane's not doing that. Hmm. I mean, it was a pain in the ass for them because I was very protective of Kane uh, during that time. Was there ever talk about you guys getting your own entrance theme? Because I always thought, not you know, so when you guys were together, I was 15 or 16 at the time. Yeah. And huge fan of entrance themes at the time, still a huge fan of entrance themes now. But it was interesting how it, it mixed his theme with the DX theme. Was there ever talk about giving you guys your own theme? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think once we got, once we, sorry, once we got to that point where we had that kind of like that mashup. Yeah. You know, uh, where it played a little bit of, dx and then boom you know um i think everyone was pretty happy with that yeah. i mean there was even like a lot of people like even today i'll i'll see on twitter oh we really wanted the the cane with the green costume and it was like it was never really even um considered hmm. you know like um yeah we, we never actually really considered that because I, I don't think that would have been okay for Kane. yeah know? I think one of the best matches that you guys had was at Over the Edge, which unfortunately was yes. overshadowed by, you know, Owen's passing. But, yeah, you know, do you wish that more people would look at that match and go, oh, man, what great work they did? Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm very proud of that. And uh, that was a hell of a way to open a pay-per-view. Yeah. You know? I, and those guys were great to work with. I, I talk about it a lot. Um, man. And, and D'Lo, obviously, because I worked with D, like, you know, in a, in a bunch of singles matches for the European title. But, like, those guys as a tag team were so great to work with. And yeah. and I just love Mark Henry to death, man. Like, like it was so easy to work with him in there. Um, uh, I just – I knew how to work with Mark Henry. And I just love working with that guy. Um, but, yeah, I love that. And, um, you know – just even like the whole like leading up to us actually winning the titles from from Jeff Jarrett and and Owen, yeah. Like you know, uh, we'd be in there, and then all of a sudden Kane would just flip out and grab me and choke slam me. You remember like all that? Yeah. Leading up? And so like, do you remember like when we won the titles? Um, like during the finish, after everything's going on, and down goes Jeff, down goes Owen, like, and. And Kane, he grabs me again by the throat, and everyone thought he was going to choke slam me again. But instead, he picked me up and he threw me on top. I think it was Jeff. I can't remember which one it was for the one, two, three. And it was like, I remember Steve Austin coming up to me afterwards and going, Man, I love that finish. That was such a, a feel good finish, man. 
And it was, it was great. People didn't see it coming. You were like wrestling's odd couple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It was, and perfect. I think it was, it was also a precursor to what Kane did many years later with Daniel Bryan. Oh, sure. And yeah, I, well, I, think, I mean, the recipe worked. And like when you add Daniel Bryan to the mix, I mean, how can you go wrong, right? Right. But I think that if they hadn't seen the massive success that you guys had together, I think maybe they would have been hesitant to put Daniel Bryan with Kane. Sure. Sure. You know, like also, you know, there's that era of like what I call bookend tag teams. I'm not the only one that uses that term, but yeah. it's not why it's not widely used. It, it, it just refers to every, like even the road warriors were a bookend tag team or the fabulous ones or, you know, they had the same costumes and yep. just, um, and it was just, I all, I was always a fan of the, you know, the guys that the teams that weren't bookend teams, yeah. you know, odd couples, like, like Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch or like to go back a ways, you know, yeah, things like that. So like, I always loved that. There were a lot of things during your tag team that ended up like, like becoming like historic in wrestling. And I think one of the biggest things was Kane spoke for the first time without the voice modulator all yeah. because of you. So walk yeah. me through how, like what voice he was going to use, how he was going to say it, because it's so memorable. Suck at the way that he said it. Yeah. It was so weird because, well, first of all, we had just won the tag titles from that, from the Acolyte, from the APA. Yeah. Um, and we love working with those guys, man. Um, uh, the match, you know, cause obviously those guys bring it, sure. you know, and obviously we have Kane and I, I always felt like I brought it too, man. Like, and I, and I could take it. So we loved working with those guys. Um, but anyways, we had the match, we won the titles and there's not a better place to, to win the tag team titles. Um, anywhere in the world, like better than the Allstate arena in Chicago. Yeah. Like everyone will tell you like, well, not everyone, but you know, so many people will tell you that's their favorite venue. It's just the, the place goes nuts, man. And it always has. So, uh, yeah, it was just, I don't remember like, like us talking about it or I don't even remember all that going into it. I just remember being out there and, and you know, I, I don't even like, we didn't have anything scripted. Like, I didn't even know what I was going to say. It was just like, yeah, get him to talk. Hmm. Like, that's how it was at the time. You know? You like, didn't know he was going to say suck it? No, I knew he was going to say that. But, like, okay. I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't know, like, like I didn't know what I was going to say until I grabbed the mic. Wow. Like, I knew it was like, yeah, let's get him to say that. But, like, there wasn't specific lines like they have now. Huh. You, you know? also you could tell, him. obviously, you could tell by the way yeah. I <laughs> It, you, know? you also shot Kane with a flamethrower. And I don't know if you've talked about this, but like, how does that all work so that he doesn't get injured? Well, I, so actually he shot me with fire first. I don't know yes. if you remember this. I do. Like I yeah, had that fireball match with Undertaker and he came yep. out during the match and like went to shoot Taker and shot me instead or whatever. Yep. So like, obviously, so I was just paying him back, Chris. But like he shot you with a fireball. You shot him with like a legitimate like Elon Musk flamethrower. <laughs> yes. And he, I'm not sure. Are you familiar with the story behind that? No, I need I need to hear this. So we went that was take two. Okay. Yeah. I'm all about like tell, telling everyone, like, well, we had to do take two. But uh uh so the first time I went out there. We go to do the same exact thing. 
I push the button and the battery is dead on the flamethrower. So it doesn't work. So I'd push it over and over again. And finally we're all looking at each other and like, it was this big awkward moment. Right. And then all of a sudden I just ran back and, you know, we figured things out and I don't know, it must've been like half an hour later. We figured out how to get, you know, how to get that back in there. And the people bought it when we did it again, the people bought it. So this had to be done on SmackDown because SmackDown at the yeah, time was, it was taped. If this had happened yeah. on Raw, it just would have been a bust. Oh, Jesus. It does, like that stuff never happens live. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but like if anything's going to go wrong, it always goes wrong on the tape show usually. <laughs> well, that's the best place for it to go wrong. Oh, thank God. But, so yeah. how do you... How did you make sure that he didn't actually get hurt with this? Was he standing right. a certain distance away? Well, I mean, he was he was he was far away, but also in even like one time he had his hand on fire and all that. There was this gel that you could use. Like, I hope okay. I'm not like ruining it for everyone by giving away the trade secrets, but like he was just covered his hair in this flame retardant gel, and uh, you know, he had it on his you know, on his costume, on his you know costume on his top and everything and and so you know it warmed him up a bit but you know he didn't catch on fire <laughs> thankfully yeah and it's crazy right like can you imagine doing shit like that nowadays chris i i can't imagine doing shit like that at any point at in time yeah like because when he shot me with the fireball like that burned my damn eye like my eye was burnt like like all this area around here no like, way it really was oh yeah and i remember one time china like they did something where she got somewhat fire on her and like, it actually burned her a little bit. Like we used Man. to just say, fuck it. Yeah. I don't, that, that sounds really scary to me. Yeah. <laughs> so with doing that on a movie you, set, <laughs> on a movie set, you just put the stunt guy in Yeah. with the run that you guys had. What was your reaction when they told you that they wanted to split you guys up? It was time. Hmm. Yeah, it was time. And it worked. I had Chris, that Christmas story, X-Pac Christmas story thing we did in ring with, you know, where I had him down. I, but I, mean, I think we handcuffed him or something in the turnbuckle or in the corner and yeah. made him watch made him watch me make out with his girlfriend. People are pissed, man. People are still mad about that, Chris, um, to this day. Yeah. I, I mean, and, I, and they knew it was a work and they were still mad. Well, I mean, Kane and Tori was something that nobody expected to see. And then they were like, ah, this kind of works. And they were really, I think a lot of people were really emotionally invested in our in our relationship and his and my relationship. I just wanted to jump in on a personal note and say, I remember the Tori segment and you handcuffing him. Yeah. And I was really upset. I was very upset about that. So anyway, I'm going to go back away now, but I just <laughs> see, th but this is exactly what you were talking about. People were yeah. emotionally invested in that. Exactly. And I mean, you were, you became a really big baby face when yeah. you were with Kane. That instantly makes you a heel. Oh, I was, just, there was never, whew. Yeah, man. People fucking hated my guts. <laughs> Chris. I mean, whew. I mean, I'm not even talking about X-Pac heat. I'm just talking about, like, legit heel freaking heat, man. Like, I mean, people were pissed. And, uh, but it, now that if you, you know, since you're bringing up X-Pac heat, when does it go from X-Pac heat to heat heat? I don't know. Like, somewhere down the road away still. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I, I, I don't even know. Hmm. Uh, I'm not doubt. Like, it was a thing. 
you know, I guess I overstayed my welcome at one point, but that's a whole nother. I don't know. That's, that's also that, could just be the way you were booked though, too. Well, that too, but like, it's just a different conversation. I didn't even mean to bring it up, but just, no, just no. to say, just to say it, the heat was really hot. Yeah. Yeah. It was white hot, but um, man, we had some, we had, it was, it's very challenging. Chris is, is, you know, to be the hit to, to be the heel in the match in the in a grudge match like that yeah. versus a seven foot tall monster that keeps sitting up from everything. Right. You know, and like so that was really challenging figuring out different ways to to be able to like you know to get heat on them, you yeah. know, in the matches. And um, you know, I will say this because we we were like this topic was supposed to be about our tag team, but like it's hard not to talk about me turning on them. Sure, yeah, and everything that went on. And so I will say this, we drug that on too long. Like, like we try to get too much one, like, like probably at least one or two more pay-per-views more than we probably should. We, it didn't have as long a legs as kind of, I had hoped. Did you know that in the time or is that only in hindsight? eh, I think my, I think my personal bias and my, my love for working with, with Glenn and like, there were some ideas I had, I think might've gotten in the way. Yeah. Like, cause like, cause honestly, like we ended up in a tag team at, at WrestleMania, like me and road dog against Rikishi and Kane. And like my, my whole idea was having this exploding bomb match with Kane because of the fire, the whole yeah. fire theme. And like, they, they tried to test out like some explosives, one TV and they just weren't into it. They weren't going to do it, but they, they wanted to at least like pacify me and make me feel like, Oh, we're at least trying it, you know? <laughs> So, yeah. so yeah, um, their idea was to have me work with, with Chris Jericho for the, for the IC title. And I'm like, no, I want to finish my thing with Kane, you know? So like, I should have had the match with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight 2020. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, like, so even after that feud was over, like in dead and buried, like when we came back and did the, um, the, the NWO 2002. Yeah. And I came back, like, when when I got in the ring with him, man, people were still dying to see see him kill me. And, like, I ended up taking his mask. Like, he he tore his bicep, right? And, like, so we did a storyline thing to get him out of the picture for a while, and I ended up taking his mask off, and I would wear his mask on TV, you know? Yeah. But nothing ever came of it. Anyways. Right. If there's somebody that's watching this that, you know, is younger, or maybe some of them wants to go back and go down memory lane on the WWE Network, what Kane and X-Pac match should they watch right after watching this interview? Uh, I'm a fan of the cage match. I'm a fan of the cage match. Uh, there was some some moments in the cage. I'm overly critical of my matches. So, like, you, know, so you go probably- back and watch your matches. I have watched a lot of them uh, yeah. several times. Yeah. So cage match, where and when should they go find this? Oh, shit. It's the only cage match I had. <laughs> <laughs> Nick can figure this out for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And it was with yeah. who? It was with Kane, me and Kane. Oh, you and Kane. Okay. Well, what about yeah. what about the tag team of Kane and X-Pac? Oh. What, yeah. I'm what, a, like, so there's a few and like. Obviously, the one we just talked about, the one that you brought up with Mark Henry and D'Lo. Yeah, over the head, yeah. That's my favorite tag match that that Mm. we had. Uh, There was like a... There was a neat little um, TV match we had with the Hardys. 
and like uh it was just cool it was a cool little match it was nothing special but it was a neat little match and we what we beat them but like you know like they were they weren't as you know they were still kind of on their way up at the time so it wasn't as competitive as or as long as one might think but it was a good fun match yeah yeah i mean it's and I said this at the start, but it's amazing when you look at your career and everybody you've worked with and everything that you've done. Like, I hope that you're self-aware enough to be able to go, damn, what a run. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 these days, like I'm able to reflect a lot more and, you know, and think about things like that. And especially when people like, like yourself, you know, come on and, you know, bring me back down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> and talking to memory lane real quick, I pop back in here at the end just real quickly. Uh, I Googled the cage match was Armageddon 1999. If okay. you, there we go. Check that out. So thank cool. you. What, yeah, and you know, what? there's other matches like, like I think with Dudley's and you know, guys like that. And there was just, and too many to name actually, Chris. Yeah. I mean, with that era, just yeah. I mean, everyone talks about the talent, you know, at the top in that era, Triple H and Undertaker and Stone Cold and The Rock and Jericho, but that was the best era for tag teams as well. That was good. That was just uh, me personally. It was just the best era period. I, I mean, for I, me personally, I I agree. It's hard to disagree that the Attitude Era was you know the best era in wrestling, especially with the fact that there was the Monday Night Wars. Especially yeah. with the fact that if you didn't watch it live on Monday night and you didn't tape it on VHS, you missed it. Right. Yeah. This has All been right. an honor. I, this has been so much fun. Well, thank you, man. Like I said, like, uh, not to blow smoke up your ass, but uh, I appreciate having you on, man, because, I, like I said, you have a, a huge following, and it helps me a lot. And so well, thank you for coming on. I, I appreciate you asking me to come on, and this is just a little teaser of the interview yes. that we'll be doing, which will be coming out right after this episode. So I'm excited to chat with you about everything and just your life in general for yeah, you know an hour plus on my show. Yep, looking forward to it. Ah, this is going to be great. So thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Have a good one, man. You too. Thank you. Welcome back to the game show portion of Pro Wrestling for Life, everybody. It's me, your game show host here for today, Nick Hausman. And let me welcome to the show right now a man who has been competing against patrons from Pro Wrestling for Life's Patreon page, and of course, some notable names from the pro wrestling industry as well. Today, he's coming back to take on somebody else. It's the one, the only, the two-time WWE Hall of Famer, Sean X-Pac Waltman. Sean, welcome back to your show. Hey, Nick. Hey, is that your Guy Smiley impression, or...? I don't know. I just kind of thought I'd do a game show voice to make things fun here today. Are you like who the fuck's guy Smiley? I actually have no idea who you. I used to do from Sesame Street. Oh well, yeah, I'm kind of a character. I'm like a Muppet, so sure. Why not? <laughs> What's what? up, man? Hey, what are we playing today, Nick? You gotta wait, Sean. I'm not gonna tell you what yet. What we're playing today, because your opponent here ties into the game. Your opponent here today coming to us all the way. From such great shows as Effie's Great Big Brunch or Big Gay Brunch, it's the one, the only Paul Pratt, aka Polio Del Mar. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. Sean, amazing. Thank you for having me on. What's up, man? Thank Not much. <laughs> hey, yeah, so, hey, I was, 
I was expecting to see, like, I didn't know what to expect appearance-wise. Let me just put it that way. Because right. well, Nick was trying to surprise me, but I saw your tweet. I saw your tweets last night, bro. So he fucked, you run the surprise. <laughs> oh, well, man, I should have. If I'd have known, if I'd have known you wanted that, I'd have. Nick and I were oh, busy. No, this... good. No, I'm Nick happy and I were to have busy you doing on, the Wrestling Inc. Daily this morning. So I could have finished up with that and then just raced over and put on some makeup for you. <laughs> I do. It's fine. I just, I, this is so, this is what we look like. Okay. This is what I look like. Right on. Under, under layers of makeup, usually. Sean, have hey, you been to a lot of drag shows in your life, or no? I've been to I've been to a couple, like in Minneapolis at the at the Gay Nineties. Like it was a kind of a thing yep. for a while. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's iconic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was huge. So like I have. It's it wasn't like a big like pastime of mine, but I'm definitely down. I I love that. Thank you. I've been to a lot of wrestling shows. <laughs> so you're not in the bed i wait a minute i thought no, you were a wrestler too no no more of a wrestling personality at this point personality okay. yeah right. i'd say a personality big on personality not as much on wrestling but i you know i was just trying to make it equal there you've been a lot to a lot of what i do i i've been to a lot of what you do right cool what are we playing nicholas well that's a great question here sean Walbit. let's get back to the game show today we're going to be playing Oof. the first installment of Jobber or Drag Queen. So this week, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be giving you a name, a name of either a Jobber or a Drag Queen. And you have to tell me, is that name a Jobber or a Drag Queen? That's it. If you can tell the difference, you're going to get a point. It seems like somebody has a, a distinct advantage at this. Mm, I don't know. I mean, we're going to see how well. we'll find out. Yeah, we're gonna see how well Paul knows jobbers and you know drag queens, or maybe I'll throw maybe I'll throw you guys. Maybe you guys won't know the difference in some of these cases. Okay. Right? Out of curiosity, Sean, is his voice as off-putting for you as it oh, is for it's me? So bad. Come yeah, on. It's brutal, we- dude. It's like cringe. Let's all go to the beach, guys. Nails on the chalk. Let's all bury Nick Hausman. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on, everybody. <laughs> going to have a- He's like the the fucking voice of the DJ on Yacht Rock on Sirius. Oh, oh boy, that man. was obscure. That, that that's was actually obscure. true. That's actually true. Very true. So you got that reference? I I actually listened to the Sirius Yacht Rock channel when I was in a rental car driving across Florida recently because I didn't know how to use the Sirius actual channel changer. So I just got stuck there. That's what that's what the I was listening guy. to. The guy talks like this, Yacht Rock. Like it's oh my god. And anyways, enough. Well, Sorry. I don't, I don't sound anything like that guy. Anyway, uh, Not at all. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'll drop the voice because I'm pissing everybody off. So fuck me. All right. I just want people. I just don't want to chase away any viewers or listeners. Oh, good. I'm, <laughs> I'm really super glad that I'm taking this much heat for my fucking voice. All right. So we're gonna get to the game here. You're gonna. Ha- I'm gonna ask you, jobber or drag queen. Now we're gonna do a little contest here to see who goes first today. Today to decide who goes first. The first person that can make a paper airplane for me and throw it is going to go first. So go. Who's going to be able to make a paper airplane first? I Sean. Sean has paper on his desk. We also have Paul. Paul has paper on his desk. I Both don't have paper on my desk. This is some oh. medical bill that I pay no attention to. Oh, Paul ripping up his medical bills to make a paper airplane right now. Sean going to town. I feel bad, by the way, that Paul has ripped up medical bills for the sake of this game show. Sean really going in. 
not just throwing this thing together, trying to make something up. Wait, and Paul with the win. Paul with the win. And Sean, you took too long because yours was really well made. Yours was really yeah, well dude, made. No, no, let me see the let me see the fucking plane, man. <laughs> okay, I count. Yeah, it, did, it right. didn't have to look like a plane. It didn't all have right. to be effective. It just can had you, to fly just can, for that moment. Suck you, that. Can we see Sean? Can we see yours again, dude? That thing is fucking. That's really. Mine actually flies, Paul. My mine flew. This is good. Well, Florida? all right, you win. Okay. So Paul's gonna I go feel in this moment like that is when the one, two, three kid got the win over Sean Hall. You know, got to be put over in that moment. Versus a superstar. You called him Sean Hall, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott Hall. Yes, Razor Ramon. Sorry. I, I was mixing them up there, like scissoring like that. <laughs> um, all right. So you're going to get to go first here, Paul. So the, all first, right. the first name, Bobby Blaze. Bobby Blaze. Jobber. That is a jobber. That is correct. That is one point there. Okay. Dude. back. I started with Bobby, dude, and like honestly, that, man, I don't know like, how he would feel being, being like referred to as a jobber because, like, honestly, anyways. Now here's here's. I'll be thing. honest. Some of the names he, he wasn't a jobber, dude. When, they, when you name them as a drag queen, so here's here's the thing, Sean. I don't want to I don't want to take any heat for Cassius because I literally typed in list of jobbers. Okay, there is a Wikipedia page called Enhancement Talent Jobbers. And these are all names I took. So if you and I knew you were going to have issues with some of this, if you know these people and you take issue, you can talk. You can. I mean, it. he was one of my best friends. We started together. Like we we were there. We we were together every day, like of our lives when we first but, started wrestling. But Sean, and, don't you feel like the the term jobber anyway is pretty subjective because a lot of the people who we know as jobbers, for example, in WWE or then WWF were major independent talents from somewhere across the country who got in, you know, just for that on TV yeah. tryout and never sometimes. got to reach that. Yeah. yeah Dude, when, did, when did this segment become the fucking history channel is what I want to know. Like, all, it got real serious up in here all of a sudden. So, you know it's what? When you be, it's when you besmirch my longtime friend Bobby Smedley, a.k.a. Bobby Blaze. Hey, everybody go take the DX tank to Wikipedia and get him to take Bobby Blaze off the page. Shit. So... We're just going to, you know what? We're going to call it Jobber or Drag Queen because I like the name. But we'll just maybe say for the rest of the game, Pro Wrestler or uh, or Drag Because we want to be very considerate to all of the people that have done great work in the pro wrestling business. All right. So, all right, Sean, the next name here, Pork Chop Cash. Oh, is this, are you asking me? I'm asking you, Pork Chop Cash, Pro Wrestler or Drag Queen? Pro Wrestler. Pro Wrestler. Okay, there we yeah. go. Do you want to tell us? So about was he? Was he fucking listed in the job? Is he listed as a too? jobber too? Yes, he's listed as a jobber. Dude, what the fuck list is this? <laughs> Obviously, these people do not pay attention to Southern professional wrestling because Pork Chop Cash was a very skilled professional wrestler throughout the Southern regions. Yes, he was. Well, and I don't know about skilled, but he was like he was over. Like, he was a, yeah. successful. God, yeah. I kind of low key love. What's going on here right now? Okay, all right, one to one. This one's to you, Paul. Chi-Chi Divine. Chi-Chi, it's actually Chi-Chi Devane. Okay. Chi-Chi okay. Devane, <laughs> drag queen. Wait, um, wait. Now, I, I played this game with Liz earlier because I was like, play this, tell me if this is fun or not. 
She said it was divine. So I'm putting the heat on Liz for that one. But go ahead. Okay. Yes. Liz, you get you get a pass because you're from the San Francisco area. Okay. It's Devane. Okay. It's Devane. Okay. Sorry. But you're right. It's a drag queen. That's right. Two to one here. You guys are batting a thousand. All right. Back to you. Uh, Sean, the Duke of Dorchester. Duh. Okay. Yes. Pete, the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty's pro wrestler. Okay. Now yeah. that would be a jobber. So that does that That's means true. Yes. That's that, true. Okay. That means perennial. Okay. Perennial jobber, the Duke of Dorchester. All right. Back to you then, Paul. Danny Larue. Danny Larue is a jobber. That is wrong. That is a drag queen. And really. Yes, that is a drag queen. So we have you're wrong. So Sean is now Paul. Up. Paul, I have a I, I I just have a I'm a little suspicious that you that you threw that question on purpose. Um I I don't know where this person's a drag queen at, but I've never heard of them. But LaRue, come on. To be to be honest, I probably will know more of the jobbers than I will <laughs> the drag queens. Okay. All right, well, it's two apiece now, and I, I, I feel bad. I wrote all these, and I know that, obviously, Sean, you have an advantage here, right? But I feel like I'm trying to find people that would maybe throw you. It's pretty close. It's pretty close right now. I mean. Okay, how about how about hot chocolate? Is that a is that a jobber or a drag queen? Hot chocolate. I wouldn't be surprised if it's both. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's both also. Well, there's there was only one listed on my list. I used both the Wikipedia list. So is it uh, is it hot chocolate? And hot chocolate was not whose on turn is it? Whose it's turn your, is it? Your turn is hot chocolate a jobber or a drag queen? Oh, fuck, it's a drag queen. You are right. That is right. That picks <laughs> up three to two. Hot chocolate to drag queen. Back to you, Paul. Uh, Frenchie Martin. Frenchie Martin, of course. That's a that's a jobber. Okay, that is three to three. We're tied up again here. All right, Sean, back to you. What about Jiggly Caliente? Drag queen. That is a drag queen. Do you know Jiggly, by the way, Paul? Are you familiar with Jiggly? Oh, yes, absolutely. She calls me grandma because I'm old. Okay. But um, she's going to be – I'm very excited to see Miss Jiggly out of New York City on the upcoming RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars number six. Wow, there we go. Okay, and how about uh, – so wait, Paul just got Paul just got uh, Jiggly Caliente. Three, three. We're tied 3-3. Three, three. Back to you, Sean. How about survival to beta? What survival beta? You're I get an echo. From I'm, here, I'm here to echo here right now as well. I don't know if that was a connection. It's gone now. Whatever. Right. Survival to beta. It's. It doesn't sound like any pro wrestler I've ever heard of. So is it gonna, my turn? It's your turn. Yes. Survival. Yes, it's your turn. Survival to beta. It's drag queen. That is a jobber. Survival Tabita was a jobber. Paul, I don't know. You seem to be a historian here. Do you know anything about survival? I do not know this person. Okay. Anyway. I love, I'm going to tell you, Sean, he calls me a, a historian because I'm just old. That's not what I want. That's not what but, I meant. But I, I will say that um, I do feel like I have a pretty good perspective on the history of wrestling. I don't know that person by name. I've okay. never, ever, and I've never heard of it. Um, I thought you were stuttering. Um, okay, so I believe we're at, if I've got this right, uh, four to three in favor of Paul. Am I right about that right now? Or no, is it still three three? No, it sounds think, like that's correct. I think okay. it's I think it's three, I think it's three three, and it's my my go. Okay, how I about okay, Kim Chi, jobber um, or drag queen? It depends on because this is a definite situation of both, because Kim Chi was a contestant 
on RuPaul's Drag Race and was the handler, if you will, for Kamala, who occasionally got put into the ring and became thusly both. Holy shit, man, you nailed that. The answer was both. The answer was both, and you got it right. Yeah. The spelling is very different, though. It is different. Is it? It is, yeah, it was. But I saw and both. Steve Lombardi of- played kimchi in many instances. So, yep. you know, I think that that I, deserves to be a double point for me there, knowing all of the above. So yeah. before 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 that character was called kimchi, they called it Friday. Yeah. Yes, Friday was the original that? one. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I remember when they came in and, and he had Friday as his handler and then it became kimchi. Yeah. So that, that was around the time that Kamala had just been called up from Mid-South UWF. It was just That's before right. UWF happened, but just as um, Mid-South was started during the turnover. I wonder if that was, was that before or after um, Akeem, the African dream? Long before. So yeah. in, in perspective, Sean, Kamala got called up to the main roster uh-huh. uh, to be a foil, right? And so at that same time, uh, the one-man gang was still competing in the UWF. Ultimately, the the one-man gang defeated Terry Gordy for the UWF heavyweight it's championship yep. and then turned that over to Big Boss Man. But it was a, well, Bubba Rogers. But so one-man gang hadn't even come to the, the WWF at that time yet. So long, long before Akeem. Yes, you are a historian. Yeah, Paul's coming back. Paul, Paul is Paul is past. Your tryout match went really well, Paul. You're coming back. Um, Thanks. Are you a UW, Paul? Are you a UWF fan? So I grew up in the Houston area during the heyday of the Mid South territory system. So I watched all of that firsthand because in Texas we had the incredible. UWF slash Mid-South Territory, uh, world-class championship wrestling. We also got a lot of the broadcast from Florida and Georgia. So I really loved that era specifically. That is the UWF days were my absolute favorite professional wrestling promotion aside from Lucha Underground. Oh, wow. Right on. Yeah, that UWF TV was hot. It was incredible. Yeah, and you know what? Since you got, because uh, we're going to give you the two points for Kim Chi there, so that makes it five three. We've we've reached our time limit. You've lost, Sean. Paul has. Uh, I mean, but let's be fair here. This was a strong victory here by Paul. This was a very strong showing by Paul here today. Very With strong. And like, I'm like the fucking the jobber of this segment every week. Yeah, we're talking about jobbers. I get my ass beat every week on this fucking. Yeah, show. regular Bobby Blake. <laughs> all right, you know. I, you know, it's funny because you mentioned pork shop cash, and I was like waiting to see if you mentioned pork shop cart. Uh, there's there's a wrestler, Victoria Parker, whose nickname was pork shop, pork shop Parker. Damn. She was literally the jobber of RuPaul's Drag Race because she was the very first person ever eliminated from the show. Oh, that's Wait. right. They had the pork chop round anyway on the last uh, drag race season or two seasons ago, I think. So, so did she like the nickname pork chop? She made it. Oh shit! Usually people she, she don't make nickname. nicknames. What the fuck? She's a she's a big girl from the south. Uh, I have I have if I do drag, I have, my drag name is going to be Debbie Taunt. That's my drag name. So we'll see if that happens. And based on that, you will be relegated to a life of jobbing in the world of drag. Hey, hey, I thought thought it was pretty good. But again, I have no idea what I'm doing. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much. This has been a great game show here today. 
Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just had to get it in there. Um, hey, Paul, thank you, man. Where do you thank you taking the time? Where do you want to? Thank you for having me on. This is an honor and a privilege. I mean, <laughs> it already blows my mind that I spend every Thursday with with Nick doing the Wrestling Inc. Daily podcast, and to get to join you is really mind blowing. I thank you so much for that. Thank and you, where, man. Look forward to you coming back on. And where, I would where, love it. Where, where can people find you, Paul? Where do you want them to go support you? All those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been having a lot of fun at twitch.tv slash Poyodalmar. You can find me on Twitter at the Glamazon PDM as in Poyodalmar. And if you are out and about in the Northern California area on June 20th, catch me at Wrestling for Rights, Full Queer. It is an LGBT plus wrestling show where we are showcasing our talent during Pride Month. And we're going to be crowning the first ever Prince X of Pride champion. It's a non-gender specific, non-promotion specific, non-weight class specific title. And it can be defended anywhere they allow LGBTQ plus representation. I'll be the mistress of ceremonies not looking like this, but I hope that we'll catch some of you there. Like 24-7 style? Like just anywhere? Does it have to be um, in the ring? I don't know if it's going to be 24-7, but I think that it, the intention of it really is to encourage a lot of the independent promotions out there to include LGBTQ plus representation where we can take this championship anywhere and defend it to showcase that while people get caught up in the trappings that people might be LGBTQ plus right. at the heart of all of us in that industry, part of the industry, we are professional wrestling fans and we are dedicated to the sport and entertainment of professional wrestling. And we have a championship now to show for it. Hey, Paul, real quick, man, let me, how, <sighs> How's the industry been like when it comes to LGBT stuff lately? I, you know, I can't really speak firsthand because I'm so on the, the fringe, but what I will say yeah. is that we've got incredible people out there like Effie, who is making a name for himself and making a space for so many of us. Effie's big gay brunch has been incredible. And I think that it brings talent from across the country together and allows us to showcase collectively yeah. what we do independently in such smaller markets. But I would say on the in the bigger picture, I think that we're seeing a lot more inclusion um, at the national and international level. But I always think there's a lot more work to be done. I like yeah. the I like the fact that you got guys like Paro out there just running through motherfuckers, just badass motherfuckers, right? Right. And you know what is interesting is that Paro goes against that stereotype that we see so often of what it means to be LGBTQ plus. They think I think that the the common person who might hear that terminology, a gay wrestler or whatever, might picture somebody like Sonny Kiss, which we see on right. AEW, where he's very fem effeminate, very gender fluid. Um, right. And then that's what they want to stereotype everybody as. But at the other end of the spectrum, there is Paro, who is just a big hoss, and he's out there beating people's asses, and he happens to be gay. Or, so happens, yeah. We see people at like top levels in NXT, like Mercedes Martinez, who they never make her sexuality part of who she is, but she's just a generalized badass who I would put her in the ring against anybody. And I would put yeah. my money on her if it was a real, if it was re all real, she's got my, my full backing, you know? So there are people representing us as a community in, in the grandest of ways. And it's a beautiful thing to see, but I always want more because I, I feel like too many places feel that as long as there's one, then they don't need any more. It's just like one sure. thing and that's it. Yeah, it's just like back in the day, they figure, oh, we got one black person on the card, uh, that, that, uh, the quota or whatever. I we got that the all ladies. the time. Yeah. Two, two women, because they're a good guy and a bad guy, baby face and a heel. Uh, one black baby face, one black heel. You know, oh, we've, we've met our, you know. But the reality that I saw at Big Gay Brunch 
on April 10th in Tampa is that the spectrum of types of competitors and levels of skill that we have within the LGBTQ community is so broad, we could literally fill an entire card as we did that day with very diverse characters, which could give people an entire viewing experience that would be mm. so broad, right? But we're never given that opportunity. Hey, so is there a fan, is there like a, like a separate fan base or like a niche fan base or is there a lot of spillover from what like, the, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I think that there might be some people who specifically support us because we're LGBTQ, but uh -huh. I think in, in reality, people who love professional wrestling and love the entertainment value of it, if they can put aside whatever their personal opinions about LGBTQ people are, they're going to see incredible professional wrestling talent who happen right. to be LGBTQ. I know. Cool. I'm just curious, man. You know, I appreciate you asking. Well, I had, well, I had you on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, thanks right. again, man. I really appreciate it, Paul. Hope to what see a blast. you soon. Thank you for having me. Thank thanks, you, man. Paul. All right, everyone. That's it for this week's show. Want to thank Chris Van Vliet. Want to thank Dan Housen. Oh shit. How, Paul, what's Paul's? Paul Pratt. Paul Pratt is the man behind Pollo Del Mar. Yes. That's I was gonna say Pollo Del Mar, but it wasn't in fucking. It's okay. Gimmick. It's okay. Don't kick yourself too hard, buddy. It's a little confusing. No, I was so thank you, Paul Pratt. Thank you, yeah. Paul Pratt, for coming on the show and playing me on. I'm not even gonna tell you the name of the freaking game game show that Nick thought up. Sorry, right. we're done. I'm done. We're done. We've exhausted everything. I did all the plugs at the top of the show. Thank you guys. Thank everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you guys. Bye.